Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash talkingdead. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Talking Dead. This is episode number 51 for Wednesday, the 17th of August, 2011. We are recording on a Wednesday because we couldn't get our act together this week and do it on the normal Monday night. It's mostly your fault. No, it's, it's pretty much entirely my fault. No, it's I, not. I would have canceled Monday anyway. I was <laughs> way too tired. <laughs> so even though I canceled, you were about to cancel anyhow. Yeah, I would have done it anyway. Okay. Well, there you go. So it's mostly my fault, but not entirely. That's right. No matter what, we are recording. There's lots of news. Uh, on the program today, we have our actor spotlight on Steven Yoon. We will announce our next, next actor spotlight. And before that, of course, we have all the week's news as Oof. it relates to The Walking Dead. Not all the week's news, because that would be a long podcast. That'd take a week. It would. We have The Walking Dead news, and there is lots of it. So I think we should uh, get right in. Jump right in. This it, is uh, very lots of stuff. If I fall asleep during the podcast, just wake me up again, and we'll keep going. Yeah, you got it. I'm going to get a projectile of some kind so I can reach you. A poking <laughs> stick would be perfect. A poking stick. Yeah. I've had a long day. I was I up at 5 a.m., so I may need to be poked with a stick. With a stick. I'll find a st- I don't have a stick. Okay. I'll well. have to throw something at you. I have a pen. Maybe I'll get you in the eye. That might work. That'll wake me up. That's right. for sure. Okay. So last week on the program, and for the last few weeks, um, this whole Frank Darabont thing has been happening, and it, it it started with Frank Darabont stepping down from The Walking Dead. That's what we talked about last time, and we had our theories as to why this was happening. Well, it has completely flown out of control now. Yeah. And apparently, Mr. Darabont was actually Fired from the show. Apparently. Which is bizarre. Our theory, and well, it was really your theory, and I went along with it because it sounded good, is that he just kind of decided to step away, and that was his plan all along. Get the ball rolling, and then leave it in more capable hands. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and think about the happy happy day solution. And, you know, more capable hands isn't really the right phrase. I mean sort of hands that are more, uh, you know, dedicated to it long term. Right. Because he's going to go off and do he's movies. He's got his and do own thing going on there, yeah. Exactly. So, anyways, it comes out. We have a lot more information now as to what happened, and it turns out he was actually fired. So, the Hollywood Reporter did a big write-up on this, sorting all sorts of inside sources, and they don't get into who it is, of course. But I, I trust their uh, reporting and their their re- you know reliability when it comes to sources and so on. Wasn't me. I was not a source. No, neither I can was I. Guarantee that. Well, they have their sources. So. Quickly, um, from The Hollywood Reporter, here's kind of what happened. So, from the article, it says, The cast was summoned to a lunch meeting with AMC VP of scripted programming, Ben Davis. He confirmed to them that Darabont was out, the crew was briefly separated, and one insider says those uh, gathered were stunned at, quote, the duplicity of AMC for having used Darabont to promote the show at Comic-Con before firing him. Apparently, he had no idea at Comic-Con that he was actually on the way out. 
The cast was angry about this lack of explanation. They were simply told cryptically, this isn't working. Above all, they were disheartened. It's a crushing blow, says the insider. Even when you have a hit, they can still destroy you. Yep. So there has not been very much public comment from the cast or from Darabont. They've all been pretty much staying quiet. Um, and another source quoted uh, in The Hollywood Reporter, with knowledge of the situation, says AMC has been terrorizing them, that's the cast, and their representatives to discourage them from speaking out on Darabont's behalf. Apparently they're scared, confirms the, in- confirms the insider. They're on a zombie show, and they are all really easy to kill off. Exactly. It's, so, not, it's not like they have no way of killing off a large number of people. So if they piss somebody off, they're worried about losing their job. That's right. So this is a whole big pile of crap. This is very. Uh, this makes me very sad and uh, uncomfortable. I don't like this kind of strife in any day, everyday life. But you know, having this kind of situation leaves a bad taste in my mouth for especially something that I, I like this much. Yeah, it, it does. And to have people uh, people we like involved and respect, it, you know, so so strongly that, you know, it's, it all came together because of their efforts, and it feels like it's falling apart a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It does. Frank Darabont was the creator of the show in conjunction with Robert Kirkman, of course, and he was the showrunner and, and director and writer on the first uh, season yep. and it was quite good. People had their you know criticisms of everything, but they always do. In general, it was quite good. And uh, here they, here we are working on season two, and suddenly he's out, fired, fired. So, according to the Hollywood Reporter, it kind of comes down to three things. The biggest thing, as usual, being money. Always, always the almighty buck. So here's excuse me a little bit of information on the reason that money pushed Frank out. So AMC, as we know, has other shows like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and The Killing, all shows that I watch and enjoy. Yeah. The sort of flagship show is Mad Men. That's the one that's been around longest. We're, what, five seasons into that or something like that? Four have aired. Four have aired? Yeah. Okay. So it's been around a while, and it is their most well-known show, I think, um, not necessarily their most popular, but that an argument could be made there too. Yep. Um, based on ratings, of course, we know The Walking Dead had higher ratings. Anyhow, recently, Mad Men's uh, creator and uh, his name is Matt Weiner. They were in a in a Weiner ne- Weiner 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 whatever. And it sounds like a German name, and in the German names you pronounce the second vowel, not the first one. So it's Weiner. It's Weiner. Can I call him Weiner anyway? Sure. Okay. So they were in a negotiation to renew Mad Men. Um, he got a lot of money. He got $10 million, a $10 million per season raise. Wow. And apparently no budget cuts to the show. So Mad Men got, sounds like, everything they wanted. Yep. Subsequently, right after that, The Walking Dead budget was slashed by 650000 per episode. And at the time, Breaking Bad's season five order was cut from 13 to just six to eight. So is that true? There's only going to be like eight episodes of... No. That's not true. Um, since that what since that sort of came out, Breaking Bad actually was renewed for one more final season at thirteen episodes. Wow! So they did manage to uh, to make a deal to get, to bring Breaking Bad back for a full season, and that's going to be the final one. Final one. Oh, going to be the last be one. Good. Yeah. So <clears throat> Breaking Bad apparently, when you know, um, what's the creator on that show? Do you remember? 
Well, when he was being threatened to cut down to six to eight, Sony TV, which is the studio that owns Breaking Bad, and I guess sells it to AMC for mm-hmm. production and broadcast, um, they were considering selling it to another network. Yeah. Which I don't think would work, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Breaking Bad had their, uh, you know, almost had their season cut down. And more importantly for us, Frank Darapont appears to have been fired as a result of cost-cutting measures because Breaking Bad, I mean, because Mad Men got so much money. Right, so Frank's costing too much money, is that the problem? Well, I I don't want to sit here and entirely blame Mad Men for this because Matt Weiner is just doing what he wants to do. I mean, he's negotiating and, you know, he agreed to a deal. That's fine, that's within his right to do. The fact that he got so much money from them is neither here nor there, really. You know, yeah, well, yeah, it's a different show. It's a different show. It it affects it affects the other shows on the network if they have to cut their budgets to keep make uh, Mad Men happy. Right. But whatever, that's what they got. That's what they did. The bottom line here is, AMC for whatever reason is being cheap, or I don't know. I guess they're frugal. trying to be frugal and not overspend. Right. So, so that's what happened. So they fired Frank and they cut the Walking Dead's budget. There's no reason to fire Frank. I mean, so far, that's not a compelling reason to fire Frank. I mean, Frank Darabont, he said he was stepping down anyway. Why not just let him step down? Like, why go through this whole thing of firing him? But so money aside, maybe. Right, but the stepping down thing was just a, a front for the for the public, right? They, I guess they could have left it at that, but for whatever yeah. reason, it came out that they actually sort of fired him. So um, he wouldn't have left had, you know, they not screwed the budget of the show is basically what happened yeah so amc is uh you know they're it seems like they're kind of favoring their one show over their other ones they shouldn't do that which they shouldn't do this affects me (laughs) that's right (laughs) absolutely affects us what we do right here right now yeah um the interesting thing, of course, is that Walking Dead's ratings were higher than both Mad Men and Breaking Bad. In fact, you could almost add up Mad Men's and Breaking Bad's ratings, and you just just uh, surpassed The Walking Dead. Yeah, so, so that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Now, what does make some sense is that The Walking Dead is the only show they air that AMC actually owns. Right. So they bear all the risk if it fails, and of course, stand to benefit the most if it is a great success. There's not a lot of risk, in my opinion. Not with the ratings that they have on the first season of this show. Season two is not a lot of risk, unless they make it risky by, you know, undercutting the uh, uh, the confidence in the show, which is what they're doing. Which is kind of what they're doing, yeah. But the, so, I mean, there's more risk, theoretically, than if, if some other studio owned it, right? Because if it fails, they lose a lot of money. So right. they're trying to minimize their m- risk and minimize their money-losing potential if it goes down the toilet. Right. Which, as you say, I don't know if there's a great deal of risk that it actually would. Unless they know something we don't. <laughs> yeah, unless they do. <laughs> Which hopefully is not the case. Yeah. So that's the first reason. Money. They fired Frank because they uh, didn't have enough money to go around. Now, the AMC president came out and uh, made a statement on the budget cuts, and he pretty much dodged the question. Right. (laughs) His quote was, 
If you look at pilot budgets versus pattern budgets, usually the pilot budget is much higher than what ends up being the pattern budget. With The Walking Dead, instead of doing a pilot, we went straight to six episodes because we believed in the team and the talent in front and behind the camera. Huh. Uh, right. Then we came back with a 13-episode second season, and amortization over 13 episodes is very different than over six, but we settled into one of the highest pattern budgets for a basic cable series. Right. So he's saying that, shut up, the budget's still fine, they should yeah. be able to do, they should be able to make it work. Right. So, yeah, what he's saying is that, uh, uh, you know, look, there's money to go around, it's just it looks like less per episode, because we... We spent all that budget on six episodes in the first season. We got to spread that over 13 in the second, Mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know. It seems shifty to me, though. But of course, he's a TV executive. What do I expect? Right. Well, he's using things like amortization over 13 episodes and pattern budgets, and he's thrown out a lot of jargon, right? Yeah. You know, speak plainly, man. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd never heard the term pattern budget before. Me neither. But I guess, you know, I guess it's the... It's the budget over a series of episodes rather than looking at the single episode budget. Right. Right. So, <clears throat> so you know, the fact that he says that the, they still have the highest pattern budget for a basic cable series or one of, I mean, that's good and all, but... it's have like, zombies to pay for here, folks. A lot of them, too. It's like, you know, dangling the carrot in front of somebody and then sort of just keeping it out of reach. That's right. Know? Or letting them have it for a little while, but then yanking it back. That's like uh, Battlestar Galactica. You spend all the money on the special effects for the first episode, and then you just reuse that same special effects for the entire run of the series. <laughs> like the uh, spaceship flying through the sky, uh, through through space? That's right. What do you call the Battlestar ships again? Vipers? Yeah, the Vipers. I think I saw the same Viper shot a few times. Well, well yeah, I'm talking about the original Battlestar Galactica series uh, where they reused the, the Vipers and the... Uh, uh, what do you call the Cylon ships? I'm going to go with Cylon ships. <laughs> uh, they're just Cylons because they're, they are Cylons. No, in the original series, they were actually piloted uh, by Cylons. Oh, really? Yeah. There oh. was three of them. Remember, there was two in the front and one in the back, the commander, and they yeah. went... I didn't watch much of the original series. Oh, you should. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. I know, but I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> right now. Let's pause the show while we watch the entire series. No, no, not going to do All that. All right. Anyway, moving on. Pattern budgets. Yep. So one more thing on, uh, well, a couple more things on the money. So the Hollywood Reporter reports that AMC's decision to cut the budget dated to the previous fall, so a long time ago when season one was still on, uh, when the network instructed Darabont to produce 13 episodes for a second season, up from six in the first season, for less money. Not only original six, uh, like a total less money, 13 episodes for, excuse me, for less money than the original six. It kind of sucks. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not good. Um, not only would the show get a lower budget, but AMC also decided that The Walking Dead would no longer reap the benefit of 30% tax credit per episode that came from filming in Georgia. Now the network was going to hold on to that money. So I think what they're saying there is that, um, they they were getting a tax credit for production and they were taking that money and putting it right back into the show. Right. And then AMC was like, nah, we'll just keep that. Yeah, we're going to keep that. Because we need to give it to Matt Wiener for Mad Men. That's right. We we need that 30% because he demanded so much. So AMC, the the studio, is making money off of a tax credit that uh, The Walking Dead is getting for filming in Georgia. Right. That doesn't seem fair. It's their prerogative. I mean, they're they're getting a credit. They can do what they want with that money. It's 
it, you know, it sh- they should be putting it back into the show that's filming there. That would make sense. You'd think. And that's what the government of Atlanta wants them to do. You know, that they're incentivizing the filming of the show down there right. by giving them this money back on their taxes so that they'll film more stuff there. Bet you that goes towards somebody's bonus. Who's bonus? I don't know. Somebody at AMC gets a bonus for, hey, we got all this money from uh, tax credits for filming in Georgia. Hey, good work. Here's $3 million. Oh, yeah, probably. It's probably like, so you're right. Somebody sitting there goes, I know how we can save money. Instead of spending it on our show, let's just keep it. Yeah. And then they get a bonus we'll for keep, such a... We'll count that as a revenue stream. Hey, good work, George. You got a whole new revenue stream coming right. in here. That's right. It's a bonus. It's a revolutionary idea. Don't spend money. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, you need to spend money. Right. Um, they so, got a lot of sources. So finally, I know, The Hollywood Reporter, a source says that AMC had its own ideas about how to make the show more cheaply. Now, this is the thing that sounds the most insane to me. The Hollywood Reporter says the show shoots for eight days per episode, and the network suggested that half should be indoors. Right. Four days inside and four days out. That's not The Walking Dead, says uh, The have Insider. You, have you seen anything to do with The Walking Dead? It- can't film inside what the hell are they gonna do inside well let's this, go to a mall you know <laughs> how many times have they done that we'll go to a mall it could be in ugh. no these well we we know these group of survivors are traveling across the state right now they're yeah. they're moving around they're not going inside you can't have 50 percent of this show take place indoors it's just impossible yeah um mad men's all indoors except for some specific uh california type outdoor stuff but even that's that's, a, that's a set i think well exactly <laughs> yeah you know you film indoors it's a controlled environment you it's, it costs less money you film outdoors you got to stop traffic you got to flip over cars you got to you know it, anyway yes indoors would be cheaper but the wrong show to suggest that no really the wrong show i mean yeah remember a long time ago there was at one point we talked about the possibility of an entirely zombie free episode right they want to do that because the zombies cost money. Right. That makeup costs a lot of money. Those extras cost money. And when they're indoors, you can get away with one zombie or no zombies. When you're outside, that's when you get hundreds at a time. So right. They're, they're being cheap. They're, they are being cheap. This sounds, yeah, this, if they do all these, if they take all these suggestions to heart and actually go down the road with this, and they can because they'll just hire producers and directors and writers that will do this for them because mm-hmm. they're the studio. They're going to turn this into the sh- a shell of the original show, and it's going to be crap. They're all <laughs> going to be indoors hearing banging on the door and uh, talking about, I don't know, how they're going to build a fire. Yeah. Like, how do we build a fire? Let, well, that's a whole episode. Grab that chair. Throw it on the fire. Uh, we got to stay warm for the night, everybody. Uh, be quiet. Don't make any noise. There's zombies out there, I swear. So <sighs> they're, they're being cheap. Now, again, as I said before, I don't hold this against Mad Men because they just negotiated the deal that they could, and that's fine. All yeah. More power to them. It's AMC that is being stupid here by accepting a deal for one show that is going to hurt potentially their other shows we don't know yet we'll yeah. see we'll see when season two uh airs well season two might be okay because that's already in motion it's season three that i'm worried about yeah well yeah, yeah season three I, that's when the, we could really start seeing these these uh cost-cutting measures in place but even in season two i mean it's 
They've already had the budget lowered. Man, they just take, you know, if Daryl had half the number of squirrels that he had on his string the first time, <laughs> would that save them any money? Yeah. I mean, we could, we could, I could live with half the number of squirrels on his string that he throws at, uh, uh, throws at Rick. Totally. So, but, you know, zombies and inside, I don't know. Yeah. The insider said uh, along those that point, this is not a show that takes place around the dinner table. <laughs> um, that was just one of uh, what this person describes as silly notes from AMC. Couldn't the audience hear the zombies sometimes but not see them to save on makeup? <laughs> oh, it just, sure. it just sounds so ridiculous. Um, the source says Darabont fought a constant battle to keep the show big in scope and style. I have a joke for you. I have two jokes. Lay it on me. How many directors does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many directors does it take to screw in a light bulb? Let's move that light bulb over here. <laughs> How many producers does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Does it have to be a light bulb? Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a light bulb. <laughs> so AMC's being dumb, and they fired Frank Darabont as a result. Right. Because he was being Frank Darabont in that, you know, we got to keep this thing big. This is this is important. This is too important for me to listen to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. And so this leads into our next point of of why he was fired. And that is that Frank was a pain in the ass. To the studio. To the studio, not to anybody else. Yeah. So f- also, still from The Hollywood Reporter, an agency source says Darabont is notoriously a pain in the ass. Right. And that is a direct quote. Known for taking a feature film approach to television, which is meant to suggest that he didn't manage the brisk pace of television well. Um, you know what? Suck it up. You hired him. He did a good job. <laughs> and, you know, that's what else can you say? Yeah, yeah. They knew what they were getting. Yeah, exactly. You're going to hire Frank Darabont. You're going to get Frank Darabont. What the hell? You're not going to, you know, hire and just, you know, if you're going to license his name, that's fine. Brought to you by Frank Darabont. And he has nothing to do with the show except that he somehow magically brought it to you. Yeah, exactly. The Hollywood Insider says, an ins- um, another insider says Darabont's approach was what made The Walking Dead special. Frank fights for the show, as we said a few minutes ago. Uh, he just doesn't do what the network wants him to do. <laughs> Yes, and they don't like that. <laughs> no, they, they generally don't. He's a filmmaker, and that's why the show was as good as it was. Sources with ties to the show insist it was on schedule and on budget. So it doesn't sound like they had anything to complain about other than maybe Frank was like, you yeah, know, it's kind of hot here, and uh, yeah, and uh, we're, we're doing really good work, but uh, it's hot, and, you know. You know, okay, so just uh, my experience with uh, working with clients uh, as a consultant, right, just my work you know, working with people, a lot of times I can bring in a a project on time and on budget, but that's not enough. A lot of the times, a lot of the times you have to provide, uh, information early and often show early, show often. That's what, uh, one of the models we live by in my, my work. Uh, so you have to keep the client in the loop. You have to make them feel informed. You have to make them feel, uh, like they have input. Uh, you can't just say I'm on time, screw off. Right. Or I'm on budget, you know, go to hell. I'll let you know when I'm done. You can't do that. You, you know, they're giving you the money. They're the client. You have to manage the client as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's, you know, as a director of films, he's the cock of the walk kind of, th- kind of thing. He's, you know, this is my movie. You know, my name's at the, uh, you know, the end of the titles. You know, I'm going to do what I want. And that's what you hire for a director. You want a director to do that. But for TV, maybe the studio wants a little more control and a little more information than frank was used to giving 
Sure, but you'd think they could come to some sort of agreement, like sit down and talk it out. Yes. And maybe they tried that. We don't, we don't really know. Yeah, maybe their lawyers tried that. Or yeah. agents or what have you. <laughs> or somebody. Um, now, sort of along these lines, sources involved um, with AMC say that the, the, the network does not really seem ready to handle its success. So they've had a lot of success. They're right. a fairly new network. They don't have a lot of shows, but they're all very good and successful shows. So Mostly. Yeah, mostly. Rubicon was not that successful. Rubicon, not so much, but I don't really know. I didn't. That's the one I didn't watch. So it says it feels like they don't have the experience of being on top, one insider says. They're total ball busters, and that pisses people off. Right. So Frank didn't take to this kind of treatment very well, I guess. No. You know? Nor should he, really. No, he's Frank he frickin' Darabont. Yeah, he's not going to roll over for some studio. <laughs> no, exactly. And I guess they didn't like that. They want people they can control. And yep. if they say, we're cutting your budget in half, you better like it. Yeah. You know? And be happy. So so Frank may or may not have been a pain in the ass. Right. And, of course, it's all about perspective. It is. Now, finally, there was one more thing reported, and that is that apparently some unusable footage was turned in for one of the early season two episodes. Um, apparently, they hired a, uh, a director who was, you know, a mutually agreed upon choice. Right. And uh, but he turned in some some footage from one of the dailies that was just no good or unusable. They don't really get into why or what was wrong with it. But the bottom line is Frank had to uh, sequester himself in an editing room and try to fix it. Through editing. Bad acting. Uh, you know. Well, that's hard to fix in editing. It really is. You know, you know. bad direction. Uh, you know, the director was getting bad performances out of people. Maybe he made them all mad and they looked mad all the time and they weren't supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, maybe he made them cry. Who knows? Well, yeah, who knows? I mean, it's it. I would think it's got to be something beyond bad performances, though. Like, maybe he just didn't get the shots he was supposed to or... or didn't get the stuff right. I mean, why would he turn it in then? But I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, if he didn't block the scenes correctly, uh, I have a hard time believing that it was a technical issue because the director of photography would have taken care of all that, right? Like, it's not like everything was washed out. It's like, oh my God, we have it all, had the camera on the wrong F-stop. You know, <laughs> generally that probably would, didn't happen. Yeah, you're right? probably right. There are people there that would recognize that and fix it on site. Yeah, they're professionals. I'm sure that the, the actual, you know, technical shots were fine. I, th I think, uh, like they say, like you said, uh, if it was a director that was mutually agreed upon, it's probably his fault somewhere along the lines. Yeah, and it was a guy who did one of the episodes in the first season, right? Apparently, I, I didn't go back and remind myself who all those people were because we don't know which one. But um, so somebody who's done good work before, right? For whatever reason, didn't work out here. Maybe so. he was drunk for eight days. <laughs> Could have been, you know, or. You know, you know, being a director, I'm sure is a, uh, there's a lot of legwork before you actually get to the day of the shooting. You have to plan out what the shots are going to be. You have to, you know, block everything. You have to. I'm sure there's way more work than I can even possibly imagine. Oh yeah. In in setting all this stuff up, if you're not ready, or if he's coming off of uh, some other gig that just completely burnt him out, or if he's got something going on in his personal life, you get there on the day of, it's like, okay, what's the script again? Yeah. You know, all right, so the first line, let's just go ahead and shoot that. Uh, you guys go stand over there and uh, go. Yeah. 
If, no? he, if his heart wasn't in it, that <clears throat> could be, you know, just as bad. Yeah, it would be uh, probably really bad for them to hire me to go in and shoot an episode because <laughs> I can guarantee you we will get not only unusable footage, but uh, somebody would probably kick me off the set. Probably. You don't know what you're doing. You should leave. <laughs> you should go home now. Yeah, go and home. We'll get someone who does know what they're doing. Yeah. So <laughs> good thing they didn't hire you. But well, maybe, yeah, maybe they, this, maybe this, yeah, he, this dude was having a bad day, maybe, and he just couldn't get it right. I should go to monster.com and see if there's any television director jobs out there that I can apply for. <laughs> any experience? None. Um, <laughs> I watch a lot of TV. Oh, yeah, I watch tons of TV. <laughs> it can't be that hard, right? I, I talk about it a lot. It's TV for crying out loud. How hard could it be? Seriously, point the camera and get people to say stuff. Yeah. Then the stuff's already written down. Come on. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, Frank was trying to fix this, but it, people speculate that AMC was maybe just using this as sort of the straw that broke the camel's back and we're like, you know what? Things aren't going well. Let's just can the bastard. Yeah. I'm sure editors have to deal with this crap all the time. They get, a, you know, uh, they get dailies coming in and they go, oh my God, I got to put this into something that yeah. people want to watch. Are <laughs> you like, kidding me? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> There's only one take of this shot. And it's bad. <laughs> what do I, I do? <laughs> whose idea was this? Yeah. Let's just cut it out. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure, you know, a master editor can, uh, can do this. Maybe, you know, all that, uh, unusable footage that he sat in a room with a, with a, an editor, sequestered himself in a room with an editor and they fixed it. Yeah, you know? and they said, "Oh, this is unusable footage," but he fixed it. That does that that part doesn't make it into the story. He just they sat. He had to go into a room and try and fix it. Maybe he was successful. Damn it! Yes, maybe he was. So I don't know. Too bad. But anyways, so the bottom line is Frank Darabont is gone. He was fired from The Walking Dead. We know Glenn Mazzara has stepped into the role, who is an accomplished TV showrunner. Yep. And uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll we'll we won't know really the end result until we see season two and see if those budget cuts have affected it or if they've shot the entire thing indoors. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. It's it's just too bad that Frank is gone because he seemed to be doing such a great job. I wonder if little tiny models would be cheaper, <laughs> like a little model of a car and like a little stop motion zombie or what have you. Claymation zombies. Claymation. Yeah, just something. They have go motion now. There's a whole other thing. I don't even know what that is. I, I don't either, but it's different than stop motion. Oh, I get it. It's not stop motion. It's go motion. Yeah. There was a, apparently a, uh, a a great big break in special effects, <clears throat> practical effects, when uh, they right. went from stop motion to go motion. Oh, my God. Well, look that up and tell us next week what it is. Uh, probably forget. Okay, so before we get into uh, entirely different news, The Hollywood Reporter did run a follow-up story to this initial article, and it was titled, AMC Execs Running Damage Control. So news of all this got out, and the internet kind of went crazy, and people were like, what the hell is going on? Why are they doing this? The show is going to go down the toilet. Uh, Apparently, AMC President Charlie Collier and head of original programming Joel Stillerman uh, flew to Atlanta for a one-day visit to the production offices of The Walking Dead where they met with the cast and crew. The nature of their interaction with them is not known, uh, nor is the involvement of Glenn Mazzara, who took over as showrunner. So we don't know if Glenn was there. We don't really know what the executives told them. Um, but uh, Shut up and do as you're told. Yeah, probably something like this that. This guy's going to tell you what to do. You're going to goddamn well do it because this is a zombie show and we can kill you off real easy. Yeah, we certainly can. So I guess that's what they said, but who knows? Damage control is the right word for it. 
Now, they also reported that since Darabont was fired, there has been chatter on the set about the cast and crew doing a work stoppage in protest. Um, apparently, their agencies uh, representing their, the, the actors have urged them not to walk out. And, of course, no work stoppage has occurred that we know of. But right. can you imagine if they all of a sudden all went on strike? Well, the show would die. Like, I don't know if they can do that, first of all. I mean, actors are unionized. So I guess they can go on strike. Yeah. But I don't know. It's not like, I mean, a strike generally involves an entire union, not just four or five people from one union. Right. It does. That's why it's not a strike. It's a work stoppage. You're right. They're not. Or maybe it's a work slowdown. I'm just, I'm going to say my lines, but I'm going to say them very slowly. (laughs) We're good. We're going to need 16 days to shoot this episode. This is going to take a very long time (laughs) yeah okay well it's a work slowdown not quite a stoppage yeah exactly i'll be honest i can't see this happening no me neither they're all gonna get fired if they do that they're gonna cancel the show and they're gonna be done well it's not that easy a a a decision a decision for amc i mean this is their highest rated show if the actors are pissed I mean, they're being crazy anyway, so why wouldn't they do crazy things? I suppose that's true. I mean, they might just say, we'll cut our losses. We've done six. They were great, but it's not worth it anymore. Let's just release another DVD of the original series with some, uh, I'm not sure what, more pictures of zombies and new new Blu-ray. And all the episodes will be black and white. That took 10 minutes to do on the computer, people. You got to pay another 60 bucks for this. That's right. So, hey, if a work stoppage happens, we will talk about it here, but I think it's unlikely. Yeah, probably. All right. So, let's let's talk about some some actual news about Season 2. Um, Sarah Wayne Callies revealed recently that apparently Season 2 will have some flashbacks to the pre-zombie outbreak, um, showing the relationship between her and uh, Shane. Right. Ooh. She, her exact quote was... Before the outbreak... That's interesting. Uh, Yes. Although, listen to this. Her exact quote was, it was fun to step out of the zombie world and show Lori with a Blackberry. So, like, going about her regular life. Probably indoors. Oh, I'm sure it is. Probably in an office of some kind. The scene underscores how deeply Lori and Shane love her son, Carl. Which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I hope it will finally put to bed the ridiculous rumors that an affair was going oh, on I before see. Lori's husband and Shane's friend Rick died. In quotes. Yeah. So, it's. I think she's saying they're just going to show that there was a strong relationship there to begin with, and it explains why they got together so easily after they thought Rick was dead. Right, but they're not going to have an affair before the zombie outbreak. No, because they're good people. Right. Right. <laughs> That's that's I think what she's what she's getting. Well, at. And part of the you know the whole point of the entire uh, you know comic book series and television show that this is what happens when good people get put into a really crappy situation mm-hmm. and they have to do what they need to do to survive. Yeah, exactly. That's so the whole point. They're going to be good people beforehand. They just yeah, except I, for Shane, who's a bit of a shithead because we know that from uh, the pilot. Yes, that's true, but not so much so that he was banging his friend's wife right uh, before the zombies attacked. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, so that'll be interesting. Um, I don't know. Who knows if this is just one scene that we're going to see, or it plays out over the course of one episode, or we're going to have flashbacks throughout the season. Like Lost. Like Lost. Yeah. I liked the flashbacks in Lost. I think oh, they I worked too. really well in that format. Yeah. Here, 
it could work really well, but it's not something I really expected to see too much of, even though we've already seen it happen a couple of times. Right. Right? We saw that flashback to Shane going to try and get Rick in the hospital. Yep. Um, sort of during the outbreak. Yes. And was there another one? Yeah, there was a flashback uh, of uh, what's his eyebrows um, in the last episode. Noah Emmerich, uh, Dr. Ed, Edwin Jenner had a flashback. Oh, right. Uh, in that one, the I think the, the sixth episode. Right. And we saw panic in the CDC. Yeah. So it was kind of the same time period. Yeah. So right. it was not pre-outbreak, though. That was... During the outbreak instead yeah. of post-apocalypse. You're right. So this will be the first pre, and who knows what else we're going to get. Yeah, because in the beginning of the pilot, that was pre-zombie outbreak, but that was not a flashback. Uh, no. Right. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. That wasn't a flashback. That was actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> actually happened now. There you go. Um, so related to this, apparently Kirkman is considering doing a volume zero graphic novel that explores the same scenario. Neat. So he's going to write something and put it out as a comic that's kind of does the same thing i wonder how strongly they will be related will they tell the same exact story probably not i hope not like why get the same story twice yeah i know it just means we gotta buy extra stuff right well we're gonna buy it anyway well i I realize that but like you know we all know that the comic and the tv show are two different things but when you're developing the same thing at the same time yeah i gotta think they're probably just gonna make them the same thing i don't know it'll be an interesting comparison it will be, no matter what. And if they're completely different, that'll be interesting, too. Yep. It'll really hammer home the sort of different universes here, yes. you know? Yes, yes, But it'll be cool to see. No uh, no um, information on the release date there, so uh, we'll talk about it when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, some new screenshots from the upcoming Walking Dead video game were released. Did you take a look at these? Not yet. I'm just loading them up right now. <laughs> All right. Well, the only note I have here is that I think they look cool. Like, amazing. I don't know yet. Uh, there's a picture of a house and a motel. Oh, and that I guess does look good. Inside the stuff. It's really... Wow. Yeah, it's really moody, sort of slightly cartoony, but not really. I like that, though. Yeah. I think they should do that more in video games. Instead of going for realism, go for comic book or cartoony kind of thing. Actually, when, when I look at the blown up version of the, the picture of the house here with the tree house and the, and the tree next to it, yeah. it's very comic booky. actually. It is. I really like it. I really, I really, really like it. Even more so than I did when I looked at them before. Yeah, no, I think uh, if these are not just, you know, artist renderings of things that will, that may or may not make it into the game and are actual like shots of things that they're planning on doing, actual artwork for in-game play, then that's awesome. If it's just a storyboard thing, then I'm going to be annoyed. No, I think this is actual in-game <clears throat> stuff. I believe the format of this game is like first person. And I, I don't oh. know this, but I don't know if you actually... Like, it might even be like still shot stuff. Sort of like the old, you know, you're standing in a room Mist? game. Yeah, where, you know... Oh, Mist is so frustrating to play now. I downloaded it from my iPhone and tried playing it. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe I spent like a week playing this game. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't know. I don't know if you're actually moving through the environment or if you're just, you are in the kitchen. In front of you is the fridge. To your left is a door. You can back out the window if you want. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You, not a typing game, of course, yeah, but, yeah. you know. You know I pick up the pills. Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so go, anyways. Go north. The way is blocked. Go east. The way is blocked. Go south. The way is blocked. Go west. You go west. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo. You are now in the backyard. <laughs> Text-based games rule. Oh, yeah, man. 
Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. I still go to that website sometimes and just play the beginning. That's cool. Uh, okay, so the screenshots look cool. That's all there is to it. Uh, we'll post a link on the website when this episode goes up if you want to go see them if you haven't already because uh, they're pretty cool, and I'm looking forward to the game. As am I. I'm looking mm. more forward to it now than I was before. Muchly. Muchly more forward. Muchly more. So, a couple more news items before we take a break here. The Walking Dead, Rise of the Governor. That is, of course, the first of a trilogy of actual novels that Kirkman and a... Uh, has ghost written? That'd be good. No, the other guy had uh, ghost written. Yes, he had. That's right. The other guy was the ghost writer. Jay. So Bonansinga. Bonansinga. Um, they will be, or the first one will re, will blah, 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 will be released on October 11th. Good timing. That's soon. Very well. That's five days before the show premieres. Yes. Man, which is only like <clears throat> less than two months away. Couple now. of months. Couple Holy of months. Holy crap. Um, it's available for pre-order on Amazon. Oh, so well, I'm going to go pre-order. You can go do that right now. if I can pre-order it for my Kindle so it just kind of shows up on my Kindle. I don't, I don't know. There's no word yet on whether there will be an audio version either. Well, I mean, that stuff usually comes after anyway. Yeah, I suppose. Right? They never release audio right away. Is that so people buy the book and then get the audio later? I think so that they get the final book and then they have time to get it, somebody in the studio to read the damn thing and then they have to edit it. And then put it all together and package it up. It usually takes a little bit of time. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. They, I, I suppose they could have someone read it low though while it's being produced and stuff like that. Do you think it takes With that somebody long? standing over the typewriter? No, the no, 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 no. zombie. The book's been done. The <laughs> arm. The, the book's been done for a while, dude. They're yeah, they got to manufacture them and finish yeah. the artwork and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> they could probably get it together, but uh, they probably want to sell print version first. Besides, your Kindle can re- audio read stuff to you if you really want. Oh, really? Yeah. Some oh. books, some some publishers turn that off so you can't actually listen to the audio, but um, some books, most books, you can actually just say, Kindle, read to me. Is it a funny, like, computer voice? It's not great. But it's a, it's sort of like when the Mac re- reads text on the screen. Like, it's okay, but it's not... Uh, well, that's better than it used to be. When the Mac first started doing that, it was uh, it was a long time ago. Right. And they had a funny computer voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, um, our final news item of the week is this. Oh. Oh. What Try again. Happened? That sounded good. Rebuffering stream. It serves me right for relying on the internet. The internet is networks are unreliable. Yeah, it's they a sure are. So, were you a big fan of the Anthrax at all? I was never a fan of the Anthrax. You don't know this song, Got the Time? I do not know that song. Sounds like punk light. It's not really punk light. I know this song, yes. It is punk light. So, I can't say I was a big fan of the Anthrax ever, but... Punk is way more gritty than that. Ah, okay. That's way overproduced for punk. That's, that's, That's metal, though. Yeah. It's not really punk. Anyways, the point is, <laughs> the guitarist uh, from Anthrax, his name is Scott Ian, will be appearing on The Walking Dead as a Zombie. And he's got two first names. In full makeup. Yeah, I looked him up. That's his, uh, he has a third name, too, that's a, not a first name. Scott Ian Steve? <laughs> no, I said it's not St- a first Stevenson? name. Stevenson? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, 
He revealed this on Twitter when he said, What have I wanted to do since 1978? Be a zombie. Full story on my day on Walking Dead coming later. Cool. So he's a zombie on The Walking Dead. I um, hope he's not an anthrax zombie. As in, you know, wearing a guitar and... Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> then we're going to get into cheerleader zombie and football player okay. zombie. And Is it okay, though, if he uh, has an anthrax t-shirt on? Yes. Because he could easily have been wearing an anthrax t-shirt when yes. he became a zombie. Yeah. As long as it's not a zombie costume, like zombie other thing costume. <laughs> okay. Zombie cowboy. <clears throat> kind of iffy in Atlanta. Zombie rock star? I mean, zomb- yeah. zombie metal guy as long as he's just you know your generic hey it's cool i got to be an extra kind of thing he'll probably be i mean he'll probably get a little bit of screen time of one of those featured zombies you got to think right or, or maybe he just signed up as an extra who knows who he knows? just wanted to do it that'd be cool uh, apparently anthrax's recent single fight them till you can't is about fighting zombies sweet so if anybody's into the anthrax uh, by all means go and check that out All right, we're going to take a short break at this point. Um, When we come back, it will be our actor spotlight on Steven Yun. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a sec. For you, the listeners of the Talking Dead podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out the service. Jason, do you have a recommendation for our fine listeners this week? You know what I'm going to recommend this week? I'm going to recommend the entire Dark Tower series by Stephen King. Now, that's a lot of books. It is a lot of books. It's books. It's seven books, uh-huh. totaling uh, 131 hours of play, <laughs> which is five solid days of audio listening delight. Or if you only listen eight, to eight hours a day, it's 16 days. Well, then, no matter what, that's still a lot of listening. It is. Uh, it's a great series, though. Uh, it follows the adventures of Roland and uh, his merry band of people as they try and uh, quest for the Dark Tower and save the multiverse. Sounds awesome. It is awesome. And they actually meet Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. And they recognize that he is the author of their, uh, their story. So it's a little bit stranger than fiction. It's really weird. <laughs> they, now, it gets weird. Yeah. Well, this is a this is a... A series, I guess, that I've have heard lots about. I've, you've talked about it before, and I've I have you know I am interested in reading and or listening to it. It's just so daunting to get started. No way, man! Seven books, seven books, eight sir. full days of listening. Yeah, you can do it. It's a good series. It's a great series. Yeah, I I'm not denying. They're making a TV series slash movie thing. Wow, about the Dark Tower. They're going to do a TV series with actual planned movies as part of the series. That's cool. Yeah, it's going to be neat. That's cool. Well, it's uh, I, I, I should probably just check it out. Everybody I know has read it. You, Dave, and that's about it. I listened to it. You listened to Actually, it. Actually, no. I listened to 
uh, the first two books, and then I read two books, and then I listened to the last one. All right. Well, so you've ingested it all. I have, yeah. If you want to check out The Dark Tower by Stephen King, head over to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead and uh, get your free audiobook and free trial. We highly recommend it. Yep. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. As promised, it is now time for our Walking Dead actor spotlight on Steven Yeun. Now, anybody who's paying attention will know that we had trouble finding stuff uh, to watch from Steven's back catalog. Right. Because he hasn't done a lot of acting. He's relatively new. And that's okay. He is. Oh, that's totally fine. Uh, the one thing we did sort of... F- want to watch was a short film that he starred in but couldn't get our hands on a copy of it so it may be something we can check out later on if we reach out to the producers of that and see if we can get a copy or if it's released somehow but for now what we watched was the big bang theory season three episode 22 called the staircase implementation yes now, you've watched The Big Bang Theory before. I've watched them all, yeah, all episodes. I have not. So this was your first episode? No, I've seen one or two here or there. Uh, all right. I do not like the show, yeah, so I have never crazy. watched it. Um, now, uh, the summary for this episode is that after Leonard and Sheldon get in a fight over the thermostat, Leonard goes to Penny's apartment and tells her about how he met Sheldon for the first time and how they became roommates and what happened to the elevator. That's right. None of that really makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, so, yeah. But but it does now that I've watched it. Right. So the elevator is a running gag in the show where uh, for, th- you know, three seasons, uh, there was, um, they, they didn't explain why the elevator didn't work. They always had to climb four flights of stairs around this elevator. They never explained why the elevator has been broken for years and nobody uh, has ever said why so this is a big reveal in the show of why the elevator is broken so spoilers it's because they blew it up yes now the point of all this was to watch steven yun and he was in this episode yes he was he had three lines three lines i was going to say two or three lines and his scene was no more than 20 30 seconds at most right he never came back that was just it at the beginning he was sheldon's old roommate Sheldon's old roommate. Spray painted die, Sheldon die on the wall and then buggered off. He was the first warning to Leonard yeah. that maybe living with Sheldon isn't a great idea. Yeah. Um, he was good. I thought he did a great job. He, did. <laughs> he owned that part. <laughs> he man. sure did. Uh, no matter how small it was. Yeah. So Stephen Young was fantastic. It's too bad he wasn't in more of the episode, but what can you do? Yeah. So watching this episode, it was actually a pretty good episode. I freaking hated it you hated it what did you hate about it it's it's the sheldon character you don't like sheldon he's the skinny guy with short hair that's right it's the sheldon character he's too much of a damn um caricature of like nerdy science people yes way way too much way overdone and i hate him i hate him and i it i don't want to watch the show because of that oh yeah he is a caricature of the you know the 
uber nerd. Yes. And uh, and that's been done. Every time there's a nerd in something, it's usually a character like that. Yes. But, the, you know, the Sheldon, the, all these characters, they're not just done in a way that is the, the uber nerd. They actually, uh, it, it actually speaks to uh, the culture of nerd as well. But every episode I've seen, which granted is not many, I've seen maybe one other full one and then a half of another one. Right. And he's the same in all those. I thought maybe they were just doing it up for this one because it was taking place in the past and, you know, he was the ultra nerd now, then, and but now he's toned it down a little. But I didn't really get that feeling. He has toned it down a little bit. In this episode, he is more stiff and nerdy than he is in the actual show. He's, he has, you know, mellowed a little bit. Well, okay, but the other thing is, it's it's a com- it's supposed to be a comedy. Yeah, but I don't find it funny. You didn't find it funny when they said, you know, they're writing the roommate agreement, and he writes in what Friday nights we'll watch uh, Firefly. I might as well get it out of the way now. It's going to be on for years. But it's such a it's such a niche joke. Like, and you didn't find it funny that uh, okay, so this uh, paragraph: if uh, either of us invents time travel, we'll travel. Uh, the first thing we'll do is travel back in time to this meeting in five seconds. And they all look around. Like, and then he says, well, that was disappointing. Well, that was disappointing. Like they would never tr- invent time travel. And they found that out right in that moment. Right. I've done that in my own life. <laughs> yeah, but th- th- you didn't find that funny? The, the only scene for some reason that I found kind of funny was um, when Leonard has his other friends over to the apartment. Yeah. And uh, Sheldon doesn't like it. And then they sort of walk out and he's going to get his coat. And they say, no, you're not coming. Yeah, I don't know why I found that funny, but like, not this other stuff. Yeah, so because you know we're you're the guy we're trying to get away from, well, right? Okay, then that's what you know because he doesn't care. He doesn't care about that social interaction. He just you know he's trying to obey a set of rules on how to be you know interacting with other people, and he doesn't actually give a shit. So when they say no, we're trying to get away from you, he doesn't take offense to that. He's like, okay, yeah, see you later. I don't know why I I was amused by that, but the the real problem is that. They're they're just too stereotypical and they're they're one dimensional. These these characters, yeah. there's nothing to them. I disagree with you. <laughs> I think that they uh, they do embody different aspects of the uber nerd, but I find it amusing. And you know, the it's not just the culture of nerd. They actually have jokes about science. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, theoretical physics versus you know practical physics uh, and. Anyway, there's just, there's good stuff in there. And they have, you know, uh, you haven't watched the show, but there's whiteboards in the apartment when it's, when they have it fully furnished. Mm -hmm. And they actually have physics jokes on the whiteboards every once in a while (laughs) that physicists get and find funny. I don't, but I know that, uh, you know, they've written in and said, that's always a really good joke that you wrote on the whiteboard. Well, physics jokes, man. So be it. I, I, I can see the appeal of that for. You didn't find it funny when he picked up the iPod and said, uh, yeah, wait till Microsoft comes out with theirs, and that'll be something? But these, this is the what I'm saying. The Firefly joke, they're such easy jokes. Like, they're not really jokes. They're it's just like... History jokes. They're being... Well, history. They're, they're Sheldon, like, being, like, an uber nerd who doesn't... Isn't even really that nerdy because he doesn't... You know, he thinks the iPod's going to fail. He thinks Firefly is going to be around forever. Like he doesn't, you know. It's they're just going for the easy targets. Uh, I don't think so. And he's not smart enough to. I mean, this is this. Uh, may how be can stupid. you predict a Fox screwing over Firefly? 
You can't predict that. Well, it's Fox, so you probably could. Yeah, what about AMC screwing over The Walking Dead, you know? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> anyway, Stephen Yeun was great. Yeah, I like this show. All right, that's fine. I it, There's not enough to draw me in to watch anymore because I don't like these characters, and I I don't think the humor's up to, to par. I disagree. Law and Order Los Angeles, season one, episode 15, called Hayden Tracked. Mm-hmm. Why don't you read the summary for us? Oh, I don't have it open right now. A mentally disturbed man goes on a shooting spree that kills a state senator and several onlookers. But did he do it because of a mental defect, or was he aware of his actions? Mm. Sorry, I had my show notes uh, open at the time. No problem. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, So I've watched more Law & Order in the last couple of months than the rest of my life put together. Yeah, and 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 that's and that's what like three episodes now. Yeah, <laughs> maybe only two. That's that's saying something. Uh, so Stephen Yeun was in this. He was. How many lines did he have in this one? Three. <laughs> only three. <laughs> no, maybe maybe, maybe four, four or five. Or five. Um, he played a video game company executive. Right. And I, I use the word executive loosely because it's a small video game company, and he's just a dude who works there. Yeah. Um. So the the plot here was some guy. Goes, it has a mental disorder, as I said, and he shoots some people, and somehow they weave a video game into it because he was a player of this video game. Right. So the detectives go to the video game company to talk to them and find out about it. Right. And he had a tiny little mustache. Did, Did he? Know? Yeah, he had a little mustache and a little soul patch. I didn't notice the oh, mustache. Oh, it was, a, yeah, it was, a, it was a little boy mustache. That's exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> um, it wasn't big enough for me to notice, but good work with the mustache. Did you watch it on the computer screen? Or did you watch it on your uh, big screen TV? I watched it on my big screen TV. For the record, I watched Big Bang Theory on my computer screen. Right. Which I don't usually do. Well, that's your problem right there. No. You know why I did it? Because I had a copy of this episode of the show, and I'm like, oh, I got to encode it for iTunes to get it onto the Apple TV. I'm like, screw it. I'm not keeping it. I'm just going to watch it here in 20 minutes oh, and I throw it out. Okay. So I didn't bother. Um, okay. So again, Stephen Yun, small part, but he owned it. Yes, he did. <laughs> he owned did it. you like the, like the episode? I didn't love it. No. I didn't love it. I'm it not was... a big fan of the uh, Law and Order Los Angeles. I mean, it still follows the formula of, you know, investigate a crime, try the offenders and find out if they're guilty. I, I do like the Alfred Molina though. And I didn't I know like he the was Alfred Molina. I didn't know he was on the show. So when I saw him there, I'm like, Hey, maybe this is going to be awesome. And then it was okay. Yep. I mean, it didn't blow me away. Well, it's 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 a whodunit. I mean, it follows the formula. This was a little better. I watched a, a few episodes at the beginning of this series, and it seems that they, uh, by episode 15, have found their stride. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting that because I'd only watched a couple at the beginning. And I was like, right. ah, this is crap. But now that they've found their stride, I might actually you know, pick up on this and uh, watch a little bit more of it. Okay. And, but there was a whole storyline that uh, didn't make any sense because it had to do with something that an overarching story that spanned multiple oh, episodes. Yes, The guy right. went down into Mexico for some reason. Yeah, he's some sort of... Well, he's doing something he shouldn't be doing. Yeah, some vigilante kind of thing. And so I don't know what's going on with that because I don't watch this show. Right. I was like, what the hell? Because that's not the formula. You know, Law and Order does not do that. Right. They have very small things that are snippets. Uh, you know, while they're investigating a crime, they'll mention something like, uh, my daughter... Uh, you know, disowned me a couple of years ago because of my drinking. 
right? Right. And then they'll, you know, seven episodes later, they'll mention something else about the daughter. And then by the end of the uh, end of that season, the daughter gets killed in a car accident. So it kind of makes sense. Mm. But you don't need to know that pre-information in order for the event to make sense. Right. And to be the reason that character leaves the show. Right. Whereas this was a blatant kind of, what the hell is going on here? Well, at first, I, I, I was like trying to figure out how it relates to the current story. Yeah. And I couldn't. Me too, yeah. And then by the end, I realized, oh, this must be something I just don't get. Yeah, I think one of the, the main characters died. I think he was shot and killed. Because mm-hmm. there was, an, at the beginning of the series, uh, when I watched it, there was uh, one of the actors that was on... Um, <clears throat> Damn it. One uh, of the other Law and Orders? Jer- Jericho. Oh. The, one of the main actors on Jericho was one of the detectives in this show. Got it. And uh, he wasn't on there anymore. And then they alluded to somebody being shot and killed. And I'm like, well, it must have been that guy. And so this dude is investigating that somehow, maybe. Or trying to kill the perpetrators. Right, right. Okay. Well, anyway. Law and Order's never been my thing, really. Um, this episode isn't going to change that feeling, but I didn't hate it. There you go. And Steven Yeun was just fine in his role as video game executive. Yeah, he plays a nerd well. I think he even had a name, but I don't know what it is now. Doesn't matter. So that is it. That is it for our very short Steven Yeun uh, actor spotlight. Um, hopefully he will get much more work in the future, not just on The Walking Dead. Hopefully, though, on The Walking Dead. He seems like a pretty solid actor, so I'm sure that he'll do well. Yeah, I think so. He's just getting started. Yeah, maybe he'll be in like a Harold and Kumar kind of movie, and that'll just launch his career. Yeah, exactly. That uh, short film I mentioned off the top, um, we watched the trailer for it. It was a good trailer. And it it looked goofy. Like, it looked low-budget and goofy. There's a scene, all I really remember is him being at a party, running out of the bathroom naked, uh, I've done that with with you know something covering his area. Oh, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, naked man. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he apparently under some distress as he ran out of that bathroom naked. So uh, I kind of want to check it out, see you know see what he can do in a starring role, even though it's a low budget short film. Yep. So we'll try to do that. So we'll try to track it down. So, it's time to announce next week's uh, Walking Dead Actor Spotlight. It is going to be really pretty much the only other primary character on the show. (laughs) Really pretty much. That we haven't done yet. And that is Lori Holden. Lori Holden. From her back catalog, we are going to watch a lot of TV and one movie. Cool. Two episodes of The X-Files. She was a recurring character on there. So we're going to watch X-Files Season 4, Episode 1, called Heron Volk. That's her, that's her first appearance on the show. Groovy. Then X-Files Season 5, Episode 14, The Red and the Black. That's kind of middle of the run for her character's like, lifespan. They're going to play checkers. Uh, yeah, The Red and the Black, obviously. <laughs> what, else what, could, else? what could it be? I don't know. <clears throat> we are going to watch a, uh, two episodes of a TV show called The Magnificent Seven. Which I can't believe I haven't watched already. That looks great. <laughs> well, how do you know? All we saw is that it was It's got on... Ron Perlman in it, for crying out loud. That is a good point. <laughs> uh, and I, I guess it's a TV show based on the Magnificent Seven movie, which was an American remake of Seven Samurai. Right. So uh, we're going to watch season one, episode one, called Ghosts of the Confederacy. Yep. And then like we did with Prison Break and uh, Sarah Wayne Callies, we're going to watch the final episode of season two, which is the last episode ever produced, called Obsession. There you go. 
So uh, that's exciting. We're doing the first and the last, nothing in between. The Alpha and the Omega. See if it makes sense. Who wants the movie? The movie is from 2005, and it's called Bailey's Billions. Oh, yeah, dog this, movie. This is a movie about a dog who, I guess, inherits billions of dollars. Sweet. And needs to decide what to do with it. That's awesome. Lori Holden, I don't know how she fits into that winning formula, but we're going to find out. And you know, Bailey's uh, Billions, the, the S's are all dollar signs, right? Uh, is the, it just the one? No, just the one at the end. Oh, okay. Bailey's Billions, it's a dollar sign. <laughs> Plural, Billions. <laughs> That's a lot of money for a you, dog. Can you really leave money to a pet? No. You can try, but the pet's not going to get it. The state is going to get it. And then your children or your nearest living relative will have to fight for it, and it will be stupid. It so people stupid. out there, don't put your money in your will to your dog. I'm going to give all my money to my pet tarantula. Bad idea. That tarantula is just going to go spend it all on hookers and blow. They usually do. That's what they do, man. That's why you got to keep them in a cage. <laughs> right. Because they'll blow their money all on hookers and heroin and various such things. Various such things. Cocaine. So that's what we're doing. Lori Holden next week for the Actors Spotlight, or I should say next episode, which will probably be in two weeks. A little less, though, because it's a Wednesday. See, see how that works? Two weeks from now is uh, a public holiday. It's Labor Day. Labor Day. Huh. All right, folks, we'll figure it out. Yeah. There will be another episode of this podcast. Well, actually, two weeks from today is a Wednesday, because <laughs> it is Wednesday. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it's, a, it's near Labor Day, though, yeah. so we'll see what we can do. We'll figure something out. We will be back, and we'll be talking about Lori Holden and all the Walking Dead news. Before we wrap things up for today, I want to read a listener email uh, from Grant in Vancouver. It's kind of a long one, so uh, let's uh, take it point by point here. Sure. Sure. He says, hey guys, heard you mention that Josh Bernthal, I believe he means John, had a shaved head uh, on the Comic-Con panel. His head isn't shaved in the season two trailer. Very suspicious. Could it be he is no longer required on set and felt free to shave his head? I read that they had filmed about four or five episodes by the time Comic-Con took place. So, uh, could I, be. I think the entire... Uh cast of characters the actual in in the show all the characters were uh you know they got they all got zombie lice so they all had to shave their heads well i was gonna say it could be as simple as they came across a battery operating operated shaver and we're like you know we're gonna take this opportunity to just clean up the head you know if i was uh living in a post-apocalyptic apocalyptic atlanta in the middle of the summer i'd shave my flipping head <clears throat> well yeah you don't want hair keeping you hot and stupid hair all dirty and gross yeah Grant goes on to say, I know Kirkman uh, mentioned that they wanted to milk this storyline a bit longer, but I think the Carl Shane shooting was a very important tone-setting scene from the comic book. Spoiler. Yeah, sorry. Not to mention character development for Carl. Could this be what Sarah Wayne Callies was alluding to at Comic-Con when she mentioned Chandler Riggs? We talked about her being emotionally uh, affected by Chandler's acting. Right. Not sure if it was on the good or the bad side, but we'll find out. Yeah. Oh, God, you're horrible. You make me cry. <laughs> From the footage they showed, it would lead us to believe things get very heated between Rick and Shane. Something tells me Shane doesn't make it to the farm. That'd be great. Yeah, I kind of think so, too. Yeah. I, I think so, too. I think uh, that would be a, a great way for, the, uh, for it to end at, at the Christmas break. Yeah, true. To have a, have a, a cliffhanger for Christmas. Of like, holy crap. I mean, it would be the first... Well, not the first, actually, because uh, Emma Bell died 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy died in the uh, the first one, and that was a she was a main build character as well. So she was. We thought she was going to be around for a while. I thought so too. Yeah, but uh, this, this this could be good. I'm right there with you. If he's uh, you know go plays out his character storyline in uh, the first few episodes, first five or six episodes, mm-hmm. I think that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Grant continues. This may be a little more far fetched and less likely, but we know Shane goes crazy. What if Carl isn't shot by Otis? I know they have cast Otis, but perhaps he just leads them to the farm, or maybe they scrap Carl shooting Shane altogether and make Otis responsible for shooting them both. Seems less likely, but I'm just tossing out ideas. However it plays out, I have a feeling Shane is taking a dirt nap this season. Mm-hmm. I like that term, dirt nap. Uh, it is a good term, a dirt nap. Yeah, Better than pushing up daisies. I always thought that one was kind of dumb. Yeah, it was a good show. It was a good show, not a good term. Uh, so finally, Grant says four or five episodes seems like long enough time to build up the tension between Rick and Shane. Would agree with that. Yep. It also it would also make a nice early shocker scene for non comic book fans, uh, as I doubt they would close a season with Carl shooting Shane. Not dramatic enough, especially after watching last season's finale. Unless they had Carl shoot Shane with a rocket launcher that propelled his fiery corpse into an abandoned fireworks factory. I'm sure they could CGI that in there. That sounds expensive. <laughs> he he <laughs> prefaces that with a just joking. Uh, anyways, love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Grant from Vancouver. And finally, he wrote, yes, I am a survivor of the Stanley Cup-bocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, if you don't know what he's referring to... Go read the the news. Yeah. Search for that in the news. I sure hope that it's uh, that it's Shane that shoots him. I sure hope it's not uh, Otis. I think it's very important for uh, not for Shane uh, for um, Carl to shoot him to shoot Shane. You want? Uh, but who shoots Carl? Otis. Otis shoots Carl. That's fine. So you want them to stick to the thing? I want to st- want to stick to that. I think that's very important for uh, for Carl's storyline. But what if, what, but what if, uh, oh, I see. Yeah. For having Carl shoot Shane. It's definitely yeah. important for Carl. But what if, uh, what if Shane shoots Carl? I mean, that would be uh, a big change, but it would certainly add the tension that they're looking for between it, it would. Rick and Shane. That, that, yeah, that would. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's, it, it could go either way. I'm kind of with you. I'd like to see it kind of play out the way, you know, we know it plays out in the comic, but that's, that could be only because that's familiar, you know, and yeah, and we but know. But I, I think it's it's a big point, right? Where Carl, you know, he has to do what he has to do, and he's learning that from his father, and uh, you know, he just doesn't he doesn't do it lightly either. He makes that decision: I have to do this. My dad's in danger, and uh, he's teaching me that you have to do what you have to do in this rough world. Yeah, I think it's very important for uh, for Carl to do this. All I can say is. Uh, TV show executives don't screw it up. <laughs> yeah, you know I am worried about the uh, that that level of violence perpetrated by somebody so young yeah. is easily portrayed in uh, you know drawn form, but uh, having that happen in real life could be really difficult for a network to air. Yep, I agree. But hey, I mean they've done crazy stuff before. Yeah, but they you know they. Hopefully somebody read the comic when they bought the show, bought the rights to do the show, right? <laughs> and was like, okay, we got to do this, so yeah. if we're not going to go in half-assed here. You know? Yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, it, well, so it could play out in a lot of different ways. 
Um, do they have to be zombies? Yeah. <laughs> you know, could they just be angry people? <laughs> <laughs> just really a bunch of jerks. You no, know, okay, just yeah, very angry people running through the woods and stuff. That doesn't quite have the same effect. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, Carl could beat him up with a, a Nerf baseball bat for nine or ten hours. <laughs> I'm not even sure that would do anything. Yeah, I have another joke. <laughs> Other than annoy someone to death. You have another joke? Yeah. Uh, you want to end the program with a joke? Sure, I'll end the program with a joke if I can remember it sure. to tell it properly. Let's do the wrap-up, oh, okay. and you can end things with a joke. Yeah, All right. okay. So... This is the wrap-up. That's it. Welcome to the wrap-up, Wrapping everybody. things up here, folks. Uh, first of all, we got to thank Audible for being our sponsor today. Head over to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead and get your free audiobook and free 14-day trial. We greatly appreciate it. Um, as you, If you remember, Dave was on last week talking about Stranger. He is deep into issue number two of uh, his webcomic called Stranger. And he will, of course, be at Fan Expo Canada, which is in Toronto on August 25th to 28th. So it's coming up very soon. I recently purchased my pass for it, so I will be there too. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to be walking around the place, talking to people if I can, and I'll probably hang out with Dave quite a bit because he has a chair. Nice. <laughs> He's got a table with all his stuff. I'll go hang out, sit down, maybe help him sh- uh, shell, sell his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if he'll let me, we'll see. Uh, so that'll be fun. If you are at Fan Expo, um, I don't know, find come, me somehow. Come say hi. Definitely come say hi to There's the Stranger, stranger booth. booth there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's very close to the DC booth, oh. which is enormous. So uh, good. he tweeted out that uh, he hopes DC won't feel um, threatened. threatened by his <laughs> his you know proximity to them. And so. rough him up. <laughs> rough him up, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't want that to happen. Buy so. him out, boys. Uh, are you coming to the, the Fan Expo? Uh Probably not, but I may try. Come on. I bought a full pass, so you could always use mine for one day if you, well, if I don't can't go. can't go together. No, but buy a day pass right, We can try. I mean, life is pretty hectic right now, so maybe. All righty. Maybe. Next That's couple of months are going to be crazy. It's only a couple of days, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it later. Um, if you want to contact us, if you've heard anything on the program today that you agree with or disagree with or simply have any comments or questions, please feel free to call our uh, phone number, which is the Zomb line. It is 1-866-483-ZOMB. That's 1-866-483-9662. You can follow us on Twitter at Talking Dead or go to Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. Not too much going on on the Facebook page, but I... I'm looking to remedy that somehow soon. Finally, you can also, of course, email us at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. That's what Grant did earlier. And look, I read his email on the air. Yes. And I love doing such things. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you, Grant. And uh, thank you, everyone, that is going to write in. So, Jason, you've got a joke for us. We're going we're gonna to go out on a joke, man. It better be a good one. Yeah. Did you hear about that uh, robbery that happened at a community store around the corner? There was a robbery murder. Somebody walked in with a Nerf ba- baseball bat and robbed the store and murdered the, uh, the, the teller. Witnesses say the slaying took nine hours. <laughs> good night, everybody. Best part of that joke is that there are witnesses that watched it for nine hours. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> witnesses say it took nine hours. Good times. We'll see you next week on Talking Dead number, or next time, on Talking Dead number 52.